G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Opinions, the panel. here on SENZ on this, uh, your Friday morning heading into uh, a long weekend for some anyway. Uh, And it's uh, a panel that consists of Mark Hinton and Dave Worsley this morning. Uh, Good morning to you, gentlemen. Uh, Mark, I'd love to start with you. Uh, Looking forward to Moana Pacifica tonight uh, with their warm-up game against uh, the Chiefs. Of course, money can be raised for relief in in Tonga uh, around this game. Um, but yes, our first little taste of uh, what uh, a lot of people have been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, it seems a bit strange, doesn't it, Smitty? The rugby season getting underway while we're sweltering in 80 degree temperatures and one of our great summers. But uh, that is the uh, that is a lot of professional rugby. It starts seems to start earlier and earlier. It is always February these days, of course. But uh, yeah, it's upon us, and the I think. Yeah, pre-season is going to be interesting for me, much more so than usual, because I'm not a big fan of pre-season. In terms of, in terms of um, I guess, relevance, pre-season rugby is, is, is really nothing but an exercise in getting bodies ready for the main events and results and mean nothing. And it's really all about getting people through you know, unscathed, isn't it, to the start line. But this year, Smithy, I think it's, you know, we're going to be watching a bit closer, aren't we? Because we've got a new team in Moana Pacifica based in Auckland made up of, uh, you know, largely Pacific uh, Island rugby players. And what a wonderful um, concept it is. How will they fare? You know, we just don't know anything about them. So, you know, it's going to be a big couple of weeks for them as they get ready for the season. And also cross town with the Blues, our old mates at the Blues there, Roger Tuivasa Sheik. I think there's a lot of interest in him. So, so I think more than usual, Smithy. Normally I ignore pre-season, the rugby, other than just to take a note of injury. But this year I think I'm going to be watching the Blues and Moana Pacifica in particular to see how they go ahead of the real stuff in a few weeks' time. Good stuff, Mark. Uh, Dave Worsley, uh, do we have the right to expect good things out of Moana Pacifica? I think we have the right to expect... Um, yeah, some good things. There's a lot of very good players there. But, I mean, pre-season at the moment tells us nothing but injures plenty. That's the key thing is, you know, we count up the injuries. Which team is going to get the most injuries that actually count before the season starts? And that's the difficult thing of pre-season in any sport, particularly a physical sport, is which team can afford to have injuries, which team's got the depth, and which teams can't afford to have injuries. And that could be Moana Pacifica. It's got plenty of good players, but does it have the depth in the positions that count? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I really do, and that could be exposed because we all know the attrition rate across these vast squads, and particularly early on, Dave, we talked yesterday to a couple of administrators, because of the bubble system in Queenstown, they're not going to have that depth. They're going to have... Uh, trim squads, trim backup staff and everything. What, what do you make of this uh, first month concept of, of playing in uh, Dunedin now and Queenstown? 
Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense for the for the first month. I mean, it, we are going to get Super Rugby, but like uh, last year when we sort of had a couple of comps, sort of and not, and then maybe this is what's going to happen in sport for most of this year. Hopefully, things settle down. But I mean, look, you know, let's the new normal. I hate the word normal because I'm not. Um, but you know, we we are not going to have what we've had in the past. So let's be ready to adjust all the time. I mean, it's it's annoying. It's costly at times. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a shame to see, you know, Moana Pacifica against the Blues in the first round when we get to that. And it's going to be in Dunners, I think, or, or Wakatipu Rugby Club. It's not quite what we're expecting. I kind of think, Mark, that uh, in all honesty, even though you're not going to get any fans there, it'll be an expensive uh, uh, exercise uh, opening up the stadium, etc., for uh, no people apart from the players, etc. But I, I kind of think that. Um, in a controlled environment, uh, at the end of a long bus trip, at least you know the conditions you're going to get in Dunedin. I think that was the right call over in Vicargo. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful, vibrant, exhilarating Dunedin or, or in Vicargo. Yeah, <laughs> a no-brainer, really. Look, I, I understand that decision was made by the players, um, and, and you can't blame them. You know, that facility, they're under that roof. They know, they know what they're going to get. It's a really good setup. It's, a, it's an hour longer on the bus in Queenstown. Uh, I think that's a price the players were prepared to pay for, a, you know, a better setup, better conditions, and uh, 100% you know, certain sort of conditions to play under. So the players led that, and, uh, and um, yeah, it makes sense. I think the product's going to look better in Dunedin than it would have in a, a, a regular old rugby park in, in the cargo. So... Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I can't help think, Smithy, isn't it a little bit of an overreaction at this time when the world seems to be moving towards everything sort of living with the virus, as it were? They've gone into this bubble, which seems like a, a, an old concept, but I think, you know, they've probably been once bitten, twice shy in terms of things, in terms of the rugby, uh, the guys making decisions at HQ. They're being overcautious, aren't they? Putting everyone into a bubble at a time when I think we're taking an approach of almost living with this virus now, but they just, I don't think they, they can, in a tight time frame, can afford to have the competition delayed a week or two. It's going to um, cause undue havoc. So I think they've taken an overcautious approach. It's a bit disappointing. We're not going to see those sort of, um, uh, you know, those, those big matches early on played in front of fans, played in front of um, home venues. But it is what it is. And as, as, as we've all learned to, for the last two or three years, we uh, we adjust when we move on. Well, you're preaching to the converted there, Mark, but uh, I, I guess you probably knew that anyway. But, hey, hey look, uh, and you can continue to preach to uh, the converted too uh, after uh, the news. Uh, stay with us. Uh, Dave Worsley, Mark Hinton, the panel this morning. Talk, big opinions, the panel. Our panellists this morning are Mark Hinton, uh, and Dave Worsley, uh, Dave Worsley, tennis uh, news has come through. Roger Federer, who's uh, been out of the game for quite some time, is to team up with uh, Rafael Nadal, who hasn't, of course, for the Labour Cup. Tell us a wee bit about this. Well, yeah, the Labour Cup competition, it's uh, like the President's Cup or things like that in, uh, in uh, not Ryder Cup, in golf, uh, yeah, we've had uh, Federer and Nadal uh, who have teamed up together to coach and potentially play, although I doubt that Federer will play. By the time the competition is held in London in September, Federer will be 41. 
Uh, so they coached each, uh, well, not each other, they coached last time with Bjorn Borg there. Borg just sort of wandered away as Federer and Nadal mm. got stuck into Fabio Fognini, one of the players. And it was just a, it was a great audio clip and video clip because you're just hearing these two greats tell Fognini, no, do this, do this, do this. It's fantastic. So it's just great. People love, even if they're not playing, seeing them by the side of the court as the European team takes on the United States. I look forward to that, um, but I also look forward to see. In all honesty, Dave, um, we haven't really spoken to you post-Nadal, but um, are we going to see the big three in a, in a major together again, uh, in, all honest, in your honest opinion? I don't believe that Federer. He said that he's not sure. He won't know until March as to whether he'll play again uh, or when he'll play again, which is basically an if, uh, this year. Uh, of course, he'll aim for Wimbledon because it takes less out of his body. He made the quarterfinals last year. Probably should have beaten uh, his uh, Polish opponent in the quarters, but his body was uh, feeling it. You know, like I said, he'll be 41 in uh, August. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Wimbledon's his only real chance. I doubt that he'd try and make the US Open. The hard courts will hammer him, plus the humidity in New York as well. Yeah, I, I don't think we will. I, uh, Djokovic, he will turn up again uh, at a Grand Slam. He's going to be playing Dubai uh, in a couple of weeks, but he will turn up in a Grand Slam. There's no way that he wants to let Nadal run away with the record. Hey, Mark, um, what about this, uh, I'm going to call it Barnsley's NPC now. I know it's sponsored by um, Bunnings, but uh, Barnsley's concept has uh, finally got through by the sound of it. He's a happy man. Taranaki is a, are a happy bunch. Are you a happy man with uh, this new version of provincial rugby? Yeah, look, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, we've kind of got our heads around, I guess, the championship and the premiership, but it seems strange, two competitions within one, didn't it, playing out while they were sort of playing each other. Now we've got a much simpler uh, concept. 14 teams going for one title. Uh, expanded playoffs are going to be quarterfinals. Um, I think it all makes sense, Smithy. Um, there's a lot of parity in provincial rugby now. I mean, the days of the being sort of the top seven, bottom seven, has kind of gone, you know. The, you know, right down that competition, you, can, you see teams, challenge, teams from the championship were challenging the premiership on a regular basis. So it makes a lot of sense. I think the players want it. I think the provincial unions want it. They all go in. They can play in a couple of conferences now, uh, which has kind of been randomly selected, I think, based on last year's finishing, finishing positions. And they're all going to go for one title. So I think, you know, the message we continually get around these competitions is less is best and go simple, you know. Have a, have a format that people understand and people are going to understand this. It's 14 teams going for one title, and Taranaki uh, are in the big, are back in the big time, even though they didn't get their wish uh, at the end of last year. So well done to the Naki. They got, they got what they wanted, and um, I think New Zealand provinces got what they wanted. We've got 14 teams going for that one, one big trophy now. Yeah, I tend to agree, and uh, quarterfinals I like too, the playoff action. So you're going to get quarters, semis, final. You're going to staring down the barrel of three weekends of really important playoff action. So I think... Uh, that'll be a, a really good climax to the season. Dave, uh, imagine this. You're the Davis Cup captain for Australia. You win the Davis Cup. Uh, that's your one job, is to bring glory to teams, team tennis. Uh, and uh, the following week, you lose your job. Uh, that's what Justin Lang is looking at in terms of cricket. Uh, he's won the Ashes convincingly. He won the T20 World Cup. He regalvanised the side that was in total disarray um, because of Sandpaper Gate, etc., uh, and it looks, for all intents and purposes, he may well lose his job this afternoon or really next week. 
Yeah, but isn't the uh, cricket, uh, men's cricket job in Australia more important and tougher than being the uh, Prime Minister of Australia? Although that's not difficult when you're up against Scott Morrison. But that, that's the thing. It's, it's a tough job there. Yes, winning is good, but winning and the way you win and what goes on behind the scenes is important now. So it's not just in the past where it's been winning, we don't give a toss what you do off the field or behind the scenes. Now there is winning and how you actually operate behind the scenes. And I think that's what's uh, counting now in just about every sport. You can be the tough old bastard, as we've seen in rowing and as we've seen in other sports as well, but you still actually have to operate as a person. And that's a big tough one there for a lot of coaches because they struggle with that sometimes. Mm, it's a, it is a tough one and... Uh, whilst we see Silverwood, uh, Chris Silverwood is gone. Uh, we've seen Ashley Giles gone, Mark, out of the English setup. Uh, I think we'll see Graham Thorpe go in the next few days. That is a clean out. Did Australia need one? Uh, are we missing something clearly behind the scenes here? Yeah, I think we asked Madeen. It's that old um, concept that we, we hear a lot of in sport player power, isn't it? Clearly, Justin Langer. Um, doesn't have the backing of uh, particularly the senior players in the Australian setup. It's been notable that both Pat Cummins and Aaron Finch, who captained the test in one day teams respectively, have failed to publicly endorse um, Langer in recent times. I mean, you know, they've chosen their words carefully, but at the end of the day, they haven't come out and said, this guy needs to be reappointed. Look at the success we've had. They've been more cautious when you read between the lines. There is certainly resistance amongst the players. Look, Lang is, as you know, Smithy, Lang has been accused of being a micromanager. He's got an, you know, quite an intense and volatile kind of personality and can rub people up the wrong way. He says he's changed, but clearly uh, the players aren't as convinced. I think this is more about um, interpersonal relationships within the intense white-eyed environment of the squad more than it is about what he's achieved because his achievements have been absolutely spectacular. They were one wicket away from having a 5-0 clean sweep in the ashes. And, for you know, for, it is almost, as you touched on, Smithy, it's almost unthinkable that he isn't, hasn't been extended. But the fact that he hasn't tells you that player power still means a lot in Australian cricket. It sure does. Uh, and I think he's going to be the loser. Um, when the, whenever the decision is made, I think the meeting is today. They'll decide his fate today. Uh, would he even bother um, reapplying for his job if, he's, if that's uh, what they're going to tell him to do? Uh, pride might get, get in the way there. Uh, Dave, uh, I kind of fancy you. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say you're going to be a Winter Olympics ex- expert, but if it came to Apre uh, Ski, I would think you'd be right there at the front of the list, in the front of the log fire uh, with a cool glass of something. So uh, Winter Olympics for you coming up. Uh, excited about the prospect? There's some scary images you're putting in there, uh, Nidhi, but uh, yeah, we won't go any further than what you're probably going to take it. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the Winter Olympics, and I've uh, followed um, the, the athletes quite strongly. Zoe, Zoe Sadowski's Senate, always an interesting one to say in a um, sports bulletin. She's fantastic to deal with. She's just an absolute delight, as a lot of the other people are in the team as well. Yeah, I'll be following uh, what I can. There's some crazy-ass... Uh, events where you basically, I mean, who wants to slide down at 200 k's face first down a very narrow, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Even, you know, and I've seen people, well, there was someone who died at the Winter Olympics when they were doing the uh, skeleton, which is, you know, a good name for it. I, I love it, you know, in, in that sense. Um, it's just kind of uh, always interesting that at uh, Beijing they've got to make fake snow. Yeah, fake snow and 
and put it on top of fake hills, yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, uh, thanks for that, uh, Dave. But, um, and for you, Mark, uh, Winter Olympics, uh, every now and then throws up some interesting stories. Jamaican bobsled team, Eddie the Eagle. Uh, but I think this time it's very, much more serious because we're big chances in a lot of things. Yeah, New Zealand's won um, three um, Winter Olympic medals in our history and there's every chance we could, we could double that total at this one Olympics and, and bring back our first gold. As Dave touched on, snowboarder Zoe sadowski Sinnott is um, right up there in, in her um, events, as is free skier Nico Porteous and, of course, Alice Robinson uh, uh, in the um, Alpine events is very, very good and right at the top end of her field. So, uh, yeah, I think for the first time, New Zealanders kind of will watch this event with, with a little bit of hope and a little bit of expectation, which is fun. And that's part of the, I guess, the changing face of New Zealand sport. These um, youngsters who compete in these kind of X Games style events are really coming to the fore. And, and I think I'd love to see New Zealand get on board. The other thing I'm looking for, Smithy, given that the, the Winter Olympics are in China and given the IOC's um, kind of starts on, on um, money over anything else that seems to be important in life, just whether um, the athletes are prepared to make political statements during these um, Winter Olympics and what extent they'll go to is going to be really interesting, as you say. Stories always pop up. And I think what's the space at these Olympics? There's a lot of people, um, you know, probably have a bit to say around China and some of their policies and, and also the IOC. So, yeah, it will be entertaining. It'll be entertaining on the fake snow and entertaining off it. And, uh, and I think for the first time, New Zealanders might really, um, might really just wallow in an event that we start to identify with. Thanks very much, uh, Mark Kenton, for your opinions this morning. And to you too, Dave Worsley, yeah, yeah, certainly a lot of interest in the Winter Olympics. A big story coming up in the next fortnight. Thanks, guys.